0: Hello and welcome to Pacific Down and Distance, our weekly summary program focusing on the overnight action from the NFL. Now, uh, we'll get into our summary of week nine in a minute, but just a little bit of background and context for you, for a, a lot of you will be listening for the first time. So the show itself is brought to you by Outside Center Enterprises in partnership with the Sports Social Podcast Network. And I'm your host. My name is Jonathan Corbett, based out of Melbourne, Australia, which explains the accent. So Outside Center Enterprises has previously brought you the Rugby's New Territory podcast series, which focuses on uh, rugby union in emerging territories around the world. And it's a long, long form interview series, which I'd encourage you to have a listen to if you're a fan of rugby. And the Sports Social Podcast Network, which is based in the UK, has got a significant number of sporting podcasts from all sports across all over the world, including a lot of fan-based and club-based programs. So if you're a fan of any sport, not just the NFL, but any other sport, I strongly encourage you to go to the show notes and have a look at the website, which is listed there for Sports Social and see some of their other shows because you'll almost certainly find something you like there. And they've been uh, very generous with their help in providing some marketing muscle for this program. Now, the, the idea behind this show each week, we're gonna try and, and get through all the games that are played each Sunday in the US uh, in a bit of a snapshot for you, tell you the key points. And uh, there is obviously a lot of NFL content out there, so the focus won't be too technical. This is mainly for fans in uh, in Europe and uh, North uh, Northern Africa and then Australia, New Zealand and Asia, where I'm based, where the uh you know we're talking about casual fans and we don't get too technical but we try and give you uh, an idea of what's happened because for most of you it's either happened while you're asleep or while you're at work on a monday so give us a follow give us a uh, a reshare each week and we'll try and get this out about this time so late on monday if you're in asia or australia and then first thing monday if you're up in the north and uh, give you an idea of what's happened and what you've missed Okay, now with the formalities out of the way, let's uh, get on with the show. So we'll start with Sunday Night Football, a match that was completed less than an hour ago uh, between Tennessee and Kansas City. Uh, It ended up going to overtime and was won by Kansas City 2017. It was actually one of several games that was uh, tied at 17-all. Deep in Q4. This one obviously made it to overtime. We'll get through the rest later, but uh, all were resolved one way or another. But it was an interesting little coincidence. Look, this was quite a gripping game. Uh, we'll start with Tennessee, who were, were leading most of the game. They're actually leading 17-9 uh, as we rounded the final corner. And it did look like they could just about hold on if they could string one good drive together at the end. Um, Malik Willis, who was the understudy rookie quarterback, um, filling in while Ryan Tannehill was injured, he completed five of 16 passes and 80 yards, which on paper doesn't look that good. I will say that most of his completions were early on, including some decent chunk plays. There was a pass that only went about eight yards to uh, to a tight end a Kwankwo, but he uh, was able to run it for another 40 yards after the catch. And that was actually the, the first Wallace throw of the day. So that added a lot of oomph to his stats. Probably gave him a little bit of confidence. Um, based on what we saw today, he's going to need a little bit more confidence before he's really up and running. Uh, but I will say he did have some runs. Uh, with the ball. And also, you know, he actually got out of quite a lot of tackles. I was quite impressed with that. The other thing I'd say is that, look, the degree of difficulty playing a match at the Arrowhead Stadium where Kansas City play, compared to last week's sort of lollipop match against Houston, you've got to say that he's progressed on that basis. They... Definitely couldn't get going in uh, in in the second half. The Titans and uh, they didn't have any receptions by wide receivers all day. So it was just tight ends and running backs catching the ball, or of course running it. And you got to factor that in when you think about the uh, off-season trade or draft period trade of AJ Brown, who's on fire at Philadelphia. For Kansas City, who won the game, uh, I need to mention here, Patrick Mahomes threw 68 passes, which just seems huge to me. He hit on 43 of those for 446 yards and a touchdown. He also rushed, rushed a touchdown and 63 yards himself. Including some miracle scampers. Uh, and if the Titans had clamped down on any of them, I think they would have been able to hold out. Uh, you know, just it was real late on in the match and critical runs that just kept drives going. The Chiefs' defense played really well against the understudy QB and forced them into uh, this sort of Derek Henry or bust game plan. And whilst Henry did rush for 115 yards, it Just didn't work well enough for the Titans to get the win. They really only were one good drive short. But if you were to watch their second half all over again, it was pretty ordinary. Next week, Kansas City. So they stay at Arrowhead and they play Jacksonville. Um, So it just looks like a soft stretch of the draw for them. Tennessee, they host the Denver Broncos who are coming off a bye. The late Sunday games, there were only two of them. They were big fixtures though, marquee fixtures. LA Rams, at Tampa Bay, so LA Rams coming in as the world champs and Tampa Bay were the prior season's world champs, but also the uh, these two teams played in a divisional playoff match last year. Ended up being won by Tampa Bay 16-13. This game was not a good one. Uh, the story will be that Tom Brady won the match on the final drive of the game, but make no mistake, these are two teams who are struggling big time. I think it's fair to say the best two t- two players on the field today were the two punters. Uh, they both actually played really well, routinely res- uh, pinning the respective offenses deep, and they just, they made it hard for Brady and, and Matthew Stafford to get any momentum. Brady uh, had a historical moment today; he hit his 100,000th career passing yard late in the late in the fourth quarter. Now keep in mind with that stat, the next. Is the retired, recently retired Drew Bees with 85,000 passing yards. So I just don't think anyone uh, will see, will, we'll never see that stat again. So good on Tom Brady for that. But I don't think the Bucks should get too carried away with this. They had 10 total yards of offense in the third quarter. And they turned the ball over to LA on downs, so lots of threes and outs, but they also turned over on downs with one minute, 52 to go in the fourth quarter. So inside the two minute warning, uh, the Rams couldn't get a first down on that drive though. So the, the Bucks got another shot. Uh, they are on top of the NFC South on a tiebreaker from Atlanta, and you got to remember that that resulted from a fortunate penalty when the twos, those two teams played a few weeks ago. So I wouldn't get too carried away. The uh, the less said about the Rams, the better, but I'll give you this. Eight separate three and outs, including three straight drives in the fourth quarter sums it up. They led for the bulk of the match. They certainly led for the stretch that I was watching, but they had only three memorable players all day. Then uh, the, the, the uh, you know, the, It didn't go their way today and it really did feel like the beginning of the end for their title defense. Unfortunately, I hate to say it, the, uh, the, yeah, the, the other match that we're about to talk to also didn't fall for them, and that's complicated things for them. So next week, uh, we, we actually have uh, this game. The two teams involved in this game will actually play the two teams involved in the Seattle-Arizona fixture that we're about to cover. So Tampa go to Germany to play Seattle. It is a home game, but it'll be in Germany. And LA host Arizona. So keep that in mind as we move to seattle at Arizona, it was won by the Seahawks, 31-21. to 21. Um, This basically moves uh, Seahawks a further game ahead atop the NFC West with the Rams' defeat and the Niners not playing this week, the 49ers. And look, for mine, it basically all but ends the uh, Arizona's Cardinals' season. Um, They they sort of of, uh, started the match quite uh, slowly, the uh, Seahawks. They did get 275 yards and two touchdowns from their quarterback, Geno Smith, and another two rushing touchdowns from Kenneth Walker III, who also ran for 109 yards, so he's having just a whale of a season. Their defense was probably the pivotal uh, pivotal team here, though. They forced more fumbles. um, They're up to 16 the year which is a league high and it's translating into wins you've got to remember uh the role fumbles played in their win last week over the new york giants too so they opened the second half with a three and out and a pick six to trail uh the the, the cardinals 14 10. looked like arizona were going to get their season back on track and it was tense but you know from there arizona just reverted back to their their own form of the whole year Kyler looked constantly frustrated kyle murray that is and just plenty of drives just getting stalled very quickly. Uh, Arizona started last season, 2021, 7-0. and But since uh, that, that run ended, they've only won one home match in more than a year. And that's slowly killing them. Um, this one being an in-division defeat as well, just pivotal. So like I mentioned, uh, the Seahawks will go to Germany now. They'll play Tampa. Arizona will go to LA for their game next week. The uh, slider, sneaky uh, big game of the week was Minnesota at Washington. Now, it ended up going the way of the Vikings, 20-17. to 17, But uh, I will say they were uh, behind 17-7 in Q4, the Vikings. So they will probably be thanking their lucky stars. Uh, it looked like for a decent chunk of the game that Washington could move into positive, positive win-loss territory, which would have been huge because they're in a tough division. Um, this game totally flipped on a Taylor-Heineke intercept at 17-10. So just to give you context, just prior to that, Minnesota had had a field goal drive that uh, brought them back to 17-10. They were saved from a pick six on that drive uh, with a, by a defensive uh, pass interference call. Now, had the pick six held up, they would have been behind 24-7 to and Washington would have gone on to win. But it didn't, and from there, Delvin Cook, who'd had a bad day rushing, uh, or just a a slow day, he caught a pass, a critical TD pass, and that made the scores level at 17-all. The star players on offense were limited for either team, frankly, uh, but I will say for uh, the the Vikings' Kirk Cousins uh, to Justin Jefferson happened seven times for 115 yards. So there's still a bit of momentum there, and there's a solid debut for TJ Hawkinson, the tight end that was recently traded in from the uh, Detroit Lions in division. Now, that takes Minnesota to 7-1. and one. We'll get to what happened to some of their division rivals later, but they are a long way clear. I've got to be honest with you. I, everyone's talking about Philadelphia, but I can't see how the Vikings don't end up in top two unless they have a serious slide and top two doesn't get you a buy anymore coming second in your conference, but it does get you a home divisional round match. Um, And I think they're well and truly in the race for the NFC because they're just not getting a lot of competition from in their division. Uh, Philadelphia's obviously got Washington in their division. So getting back to Washington, they are, uh, four and five now, that, was, uh, that would have put them ahead of the market. They're now behind in a tough division. They actually go to Philadelphia next week, so they can potentially help the Vikings out uh, with a win there. But that's a tough fixture. Minnesota's got a tough fixture too. They go to Buffalo. All right, we'll go to our first set of uh, messages from our commercial partners and come back to you shortly. Now, the upset of the round, uh, albeit maybe not super surprising, Buffalo at New York Jets uh, was won by the Jets 20-17, to another of those 17 all games I alluded to earlier. So here, uh, Josh Allen was picked twice. He didn't throw for a touchdown, although he did rush for two of them. Um, and he threw a one absolutely ugly pick at just the worst time. I did say last week that the Bills looked like an absolute lock to be playing for the AFC Championship in January, but now that this has happened, I'm already going to wind that back because they're only half a game ahead of the Jets and the Dolphins, and those are the two teams that have beaten them this year, so they've got the tiebreakers. Uh, The Jets, uh, they've been steadily building a really solid defense, and it's clearly starting to bear fruit. Source Gardner is terrifying quarterbacks everywhere and, and certainly uh, it provo- proving an effective diversion. He had another intercept today and his presence just clearly dulled the effectiveness of Allen's uh, of passing. They also had really good running play, the Jets, um, despite the absence of Brees Hall, who's out with that uh, ACL knee injury. And uh, Zach Wilson, uh, he played relatively clean today. So only a fumble, no intercepts, 154 yards, and he threw a touchdown. So signs pointing up for the Jets after what was pretty concerning last week. Now, they have a bye next week. Buffalo, they host Minnesota. Now, that's an out-of-conference match, obviously, but they are two of the teams with uh, with with two of the best uh, winning records in the league. So that will be a huge match and a lot at stake. The next game, Green Bay at Detroit, won by Detroit, 15-9. So Green Bay, they are headed for absolute disaster, no doubt about it now. Statistically, they played a lot better today, uh, but they couldn't make that translate into scoreboard points. Maybe that's because of the three intercepts that Aaron Rodgers threw, which just never happens. He did have 291 passing yards and 23 completed passes today, which... Look, that shows a returned form, but nine points and a loss to Detroit after the October that Green Bay had. It's just ugly stuff. We'll focus on the Lions as the winners. So reminiscent of the uh, Carolina Panthers win over uh, Tom Tom Brady's Tampa Bay immediately after they traded uh, Christian McCaffrey. It was a similar story for Detroit today. They... Uh, they had uh, just re- uh, traded their best, uh, one of their best players and certainly the, one of the league's best tight ends, TJ Hawkinson, to Minnesota. And all of a sudden, they uh, get really good tight end play from the replacements today. Uh, two of them scoring, both their touchdowns went to, to tight ends. Uh, I don't think it'll be a regular thing. They didn't get a lot of uh, other receptions, to be honest. But a defeat of the Packers will absolutely do wonders for the Lions' confidence, and don't forget they always play on Thanksgiving, which is coming up in a couple of weeks. So that's a national audience. Their defense played the best game of their season, um, not only the, all those intercepts on Aaron Rodgers, but also stalling drives on in, in key parts of the ground and uh, and you know just conceding nine points after 32. Per game uh, prior to this week, that's that's huge, and yeah, getting getting stoppages in the red zone as well. Just a, just a really good day all around for the Lions. Uh, they go to Chicago next week. Both those teams will be looking to get off the bottom of that division. Green Bay, well, you know, as you'd expect, they're on television again. It'll be at. Uh, so they're hosting Dallas, but uh, we don't know uh, what, what sort of form Dallas will be in because they're on a, a buy this week. But again, being on a big stage like that, they will not want to have another defeat. The next game is Indianapolis at New England. It was won by the Patriots, twenty-six to three. All the pre-match predictions were of an absolute wipeout for uh, New England. I'm not quite sure what that why, why that was, but that was correct. Um, I think a lot of people looked at it, all the experts looked at it, the way that the Patriots have absolutely owned the month of November, especially at home during the Brady-Belichick era, and even since Brady, and uh, especially when the Colts were involved. They did lose to the Colts last year, but other than that, they've mainly had the uh, Colts number. So none of that changed today, obviously. Uh, New England, it wasn't their offense that won them the match. Don't worry about the score. This was a defense and special teams performance uh, for them. Great punting, perfect kicking. So Nick Nick Folk, uh, Nick Folk I think it's pronounced. Uh, that, and they also uh, blocked a Colts punt. So yeah, when you combine all of that, that just makes for a huge advantage. Mac Jones played clean. Uh, he did have the other touchdown, but it was the only touchdown on offense uh, for them. And he didn't have a lot of yardage. Uh, everything else came from either uh, field goals from Nick Folk or a defensive uh, touchdown. Now, uh, for the Colts, their rookie quarterback Sam Ellinger threw 15 passes, sorry, uh, 15 completed passes from 29, 103 yards, but he had a pick six. He, that was late when the game was over. He was sacked nine times and there was zero conversions of of any of their uh, third third downs now. I think there was 14 in total, so enough said, really. Uh, They go to Las Vegas next week. The Colts, who are, yeah, we'll get to Las Vegas later, but both teams are in desperate stakes there. The Patriots, they get a bye. All right, the next game of the, the day was Miami at Chicago. Uh, we'll start with the Dolphins. Their hot form this season when Tua has played, and keep in mind he missed about two and a half games. But when he's played, they're on fire. That continued today. He threw three touchdowns and over 300 uh, passing yards again. Uh, wide receivers Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, the best one-two punch in the league. They combined for 228 yards today and they each got a touchdown. And uh, I might add their new recruit, uh, they've had a couple of players come in uh, since our last recording, the, the Dolphins. Uh, one of them was a, a running back, Jeff Wilson from San Francisco. He started well today as well. For Chicago, they scored 32 points in an honourable defeat to a Super Bowl contender. So there's plenty of green shoots. Justin Justin Fields, the quarterback, threw three touchdowns. Try saying that uh, a few times in a row. But he also rushed for 178 yards, including one 61-yard touchdown sprint. And it's that versatility that will continue to... To perplex the defensive coordinators when uh, Chicago come up against them. The Bears traded two of their star defenders, Robert Quinn and uh, the other name escapes me, but we mentioned them uh, two two episodes ago. They traded both of them, and you can yeah just have to wonder whether or not that will start to leave. The Bears chasing big scores every week now. They're obviously not shooting for a playoff berth this year. They're in growth phase. But, uh, yeah, had they had, had they retained those two players, that might have made a bit of a difference uh, to their win-loss. They're pretty much out of it now. But a win against Detroit next week would help, given that a uh, couple of the teams above them are playing each other. Uh, Miami, they host Cleveland. That's another winnable game. There's three games to close out the round with a lot of teams on by. We'll start with the LA Chargers trip to to Atlanta, Georgia to face the Falcons. Now, this was another of those 17 all-tied matches. Decided in the Chargers' favour, right on the buzzer with a field goal. Another clutch finish... Uh, they nearly blew it uh, on that drive too, I must admit. Austin Eckler, of all people, fumbling the ball as they were sort of playing to soak up a bit of time and get into field goal range. The Atlanta defender that recovered the ball, he then picked it up and ran upfield and then also managed to fumble. And that just gave the the, the... the Chargers recovered that one and that just gave them enough time to work with to get back in a range and set it up for their kicker. Now, he was only put on the list during the week and kicked the winning goal, so well done to him. Justin Herbert had uh, 245 yards. He's just never quite looked the same since that injury in week two, and it does make you wonder whether that injury is going to have a um, decisive impact on the Chargers' season. They're certainly looking unlikely to win the the divisional title, so they're well and truly playing for a wild, wild card place at this point. Look, I, I, you all know I'm a Falcons fan. They were damn lucky to win last week against Carolina, so maybe this sort of brutal hush defeat was due. They had some positive signs. They had Cordarrelle Patterson back, uh, the magic man at running back. He scored both their touchdowns today, but he had a buddy in the uh, backfield as well, in Tyler Algier, who rushed for 99 yards. So that's going to give a, the, uh, the ATL... Uh, a lot of confidence to stay in the fight for their division title in the coming weeks and uh, and certainly their opponents won't be able to take them lightly given all those threats. The Chargers, they're on Sunday night football next week against San Francisco, so that'll be a big match. Um, Atlanta, they go to Carolina uh, it's next Thursday, it's the, uh, Atlanta's only primetime game of the season. I would imagine that's the same for the Panthers. And of course, uh, lest we forget, they uh, only played last weekend and it was an absolute humdinger. So we'll see whether uh, the Panthers are up for revenge or whether the Falcons want to uh, really try and re-stamp their claims to the division title in primetime. Speaking of the Panthers, we're up to them now. They uh, they hope, uh, went to Cincinnati today. Uh, Cincinnati coming off a defeat on Monday Night Football last week against the Browns. Carolina had that tight finish against Atlanta. Uh, today was no contest, though. The Bengals won it 42-21. to 21 And, uh, look, they were leading 35-0 at halftime, so it wasn't even a stressful day for them. Uh, Joe Mixon was their star today, the running back nailing four touchdowns. He also racked up 153 rushing yards to show that the Bengals are well and truly in the conversation for both the AFC North uh, divisional title, but also uh, more importantly, the wild card race, or more particularly. Uh, Joe Burrow, the quarterback, he threw and rushed for touchdowns today, so one of each. Uh, and he had a quarter off, uh, they actually rested him for the last quarter so look, definitely fair to say that Cincinnati have put last week's or um, the Monday night football defeat behind them quickly which is really all they could do uh, with this fixture Carolina, now they were coming off two great performances, that sting and defeat but also the uh, belting of the The Buccaneers the week before, they were just dismal here. PJ Walker, the uh, standing quarterback, he looked okay in those games, but he threw two picks early and that was enough for him with the Panthers bringing back to the field. Baker Mayfield, the former... Cleveland Brown, number one draft pick. Look, when Mayfield came back on, the sting was actually out of the game by then uh, and the Bengals were resting players, but Mayfield actually played really well. He had his best, uh, probably his best performance of the year and he, he had three touchdowns and 14 completions. So he'll get a lot of confidence from that, but they are back up on Thursday night, as I mentioned just before against Atlanta and their quarterback picture is a mess. So God knows what we'll get then. Cincinnati they get a bye, so they get a week off plus the quarter that most of their starters had today. All right, the last game for Week Nine was Las Vegas at Jacksonville. Uh, look, uh, 27 to 20 win for Jacksonville. Forgettable season for the Raiders. They were uh, this one in particular will sting. They did lead 17 nil at one point, and uh, they had. Uh, Devontae Adams, their, their uh, big star recruit in the offseason at wide receiver, he had 146 rushing yards and two touchdowns at halftime. The problem was he didn't add to any of that uh, once they came back out on the field. Las Vegas, they're three games behind the wild card places now, so it's starting to look like a bit of a lost season for them. They've got a first-season coach too, so God knows. I hope that's not a one-and-done scenario for them. We should talk about the winners. Jacksonville, they've been on the receiving... Uh, receiving end of some really tight defeats in the last few weeks. So they've certainly earned this one. I think the thing that will encourage their fans the most will be the response to that early deficit, especially from Trevor Lawrence. Uh, He flinged 25 completed passes today uh, to nine different receivers. He also rushed six times for 53 yards as well. One of those receivers is Travis Etienne, who not only caught a couple of passes, but had one of his best games at running back for the franchise with 109 rushing yards and two touchdowns. Jacksonville's game next week is not easy. They go to Kansas City to Arrowfield. Vegas, for their part, they host Indianapolis in a late game next Sunday. So at least it's a winnable match. That's all for week nine, guys. Hope you've really enjoyed the show. Please keep on, on, uh, on the, the show notes for the various ways you can get in touch with the show. We'd love to hear from you, get your feedback, anyone who wants to appear as a guest we certainly cater to those as well so get in touch and don't forget to check out more of the sports social podcast network content on the website that's also in the show notes we'll chat to you in week 10 sports social podcast network